All right, great podcast today. We cover the trial that was going on uh, in front of the Supreme Court about whether you can keep uh, Trump off the ballot in, uh, in states like Colorado. But also, we had Alan Dershowitz join us. He talked about it. Gina Carano is on with us today talking about her battle in court, uh, backed up by by Elon Musk. I mean, I think the guy's turning into a real superhero, but quite honestly. And so much more. All the news you need on today's podcast coming up in 60 seconds. Look, if you're living with pain, I want you to try. I know you probably think I tried everything because I did. I tried everything. How can we break this? I'll do anything, Doc. How do I make this pain go away? Well, thankfully, I found Relief Factor, and I really didn't think it would work for me, and it changed my world. I got my life back. So if you're dealing with what I was dealing with, pain every day, maybe today's the day you should give it a try. Relief Factor is a daily supplement and helps your body fight that pain, 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them have gone on to order it again and again. I happen to be one of them. Relief Factor. Get your three-week quick start kit. Comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So visit relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800, the number 4-RELIEF. relieffactor.com. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. People that just hate fascism so much that if a reporter goes in and gets the other side, you put them on a kill list, don't you? Mm. Don't you? I mean, I, I think that's great. Nobody's even seen the interview yet. They don't even know what the questions were to Putin. It's not posted until well, what? But, five o'clock tonight, I think. Yeah, but wait, o'clock? wait, wait, wait. But does it matter, Pat? Does it not? Does it matter not to the what left. the questions no. are? No, it doesn't. Yeah. And does it matter to you? I mean, he still has a right to go. Oh, of course I mean, he it does. matters to me personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm hopeful that he's going to ask some tough questions of Putin. But yeah. uh, but should he be able to, as a journalist, go over there and interview him? Yes, a million yeah. have done that. Why is it okay right. for Mike Wallace and Barbara Walters and all the rest to have done it, but now all of a sudden it's off limits to Tucker Carlson? It's unbelievable. Members of the European Parliament are calling for sanctions against Tucker Carlson. Man... I mean, that's that's real accomplishment there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the European oh, yeah. Parliament's coming after you. Carlson posted a video on X announcing that he was uh, going to do the Moscow interview with Putin. Uh, and the former prime minister of Belgium said the bloc could, should consider imposing a travel ban uh, for serving as a mouthpiece for Putin. He doesn't know that. They don't know that yet. You haven't no. heard the interview. And he's a journalist. My gosh, where were you when everybody was hyping up Hitler? Uh, so it drops tonight, um, and here's how I'm going to watch it. And I would like to get your opinion, uh, Pat, on on what to look for in this interview. First of all, we know, Megan Kelly has talked about, and you know this going in, and Tucker's smart enough to know this. Putin is very good at propaganda, and he's a KGB guy. Okay, so he knows how to manipulate people Um, and there and he knows that there are people looking for an American dictator in America. They're tired of I told you, told you this. This is how communists take over. They 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 infiltrate the government and then they activate the people that are 
on the streets, grassroots, to cause all kinds of problems until the people in the middle are like, somebody has got to stop this, and that's when the top comes down. So there are people that are looking for a dictator just to make all this stop. I am not one of them. Uh, I think this is the worst possible scenario. But Dugan would be pushing, Alexander Dugan, if you don't know who he is, listen to some of the old shows or, or just look him up. Um, very dangerous guy. Very, very dangerous. Um, he would be pushing Putin to talk about our immorality, transgenderism, our loss of faith. Tucker has got to keep this on the rails. This is not about America. We could talk about that all day long, but I don't want to hear that from Vladimir Putin. We're here to talk to you about the American involvement in this war in Ukraine, not our internal policy. But I, I, it, Tucker will have lost control of the interview if he allows uh, Putin to go on about America's immorality more than once. You can let him say that once, and then you got to say, Mr. Putin, this is not about America. We have our own problems, but I don't think it's appropriate to talk to you about our internal policy. I'm, he- I'm here to talk to you about NATO, even the American war machine, if you want to call it that. I want to hear why you're in Ukraine. Are you willing to look for peace? What would that look look like? So look for Putin to spin this whole thing into transgenderism uh, and what's happening in our schools, uh, because that's, that then is propaganda. We know who Putin is. We know how he stops drugs on the streets. We know how he treats media members who speak out about him in a negative way. They usually fall from their apartment window or they go up to a higher floor and then jump from that or I'm sorry, fall out of that window happens all the time Mm -hmm. he has to talk about a peace deal even the drones that have come from ukraine from us uh, nato all of that tucker also says we've been lied to i want to know about what we know our problems now let's hear uh solutions uh to the war and what the truth is on war that's what I'm looking for tonight from Tucker. I hope that's what he does. Uh, that if he if he keeps it on track like that, it'd be a great interview. Be a great interview because nobody interview. nobody's ever heard from Putin why the invasion took place in the first place. Why why did you invade at this time? What, what are you talking about? These the Nazis that are involved in Ukraine. Explain that to me. Who's a Nazi in in Ukraine? Uh-huh. Are you saying Vladimir Zelensky is a Nazi? No. There, there is, you know, I, because we did this when Trump was being impeached, and remember that huge chalkboard I did, Pat? Mm-hmm. Um, it had all of this in it. There are yeah. Nazis, uh, and the Ukrainian government has been uh, funding them on the border for security. There are some really, really bad guys. There's nobody that's good in this. I mean, nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody that's a good guy uh, in this, uh, either side, uh, Zelensky or Putin. Uh, I personally just, they should work it out. The, the reason why I think Putin did this is because we refuse to say, no, we've made a promise from the very beginning. It wasn't written down, but we're people of honor. 
we will not allow uh, Ukraine into NATO. To, into NATO. Yeah. We won't right. let Ukraine be overrun by you, but we're also not going to let them into NATO. That's all that Putin was asking for at first. And that was violated. I mean, that's that's just oh, a fact. Time. That's just a just fact. fact. Yeah. A- and so they went back on that promise that we weren't going to allow them into or invite them into NATO. And we did that. So uh, that was that was a problem of yep. our making. So there's a there's an article out by me, an op-ed out by me on Blaze Media about being a fascist. If you're on the side of freedom, you cannot be a fascist. Let me explain this. Fascist is the label of choice uh, from the left to silence any and everybody. You're a fascist. You're a fascist. And when you hear fascist, you think of concentration camps, as you should, because those are usually a product of fascism in the end, because you have to get rid of your political opponents because they are standing in the way of progress. So unless you're in a free state... You can't have people who disagree with you. That's really important. What's happening with Tucker Carlson uh, in the EU? What's happening? What do they want to do to Tucker Carlson? You're in a free state. You have a First Amendment right to be able to have unfettered access to press, and the press can ask whatever it is they want. Um, the, The first definition of freedom is being able to speak your mind. So... The first thing that you'll notice about fascism is it has to silence the voices that disagree. Okay? I will invite and have invited anybody and everybody on this program. They're choosing not to. That's fine. That's up to them. Um, But don't try to silence me. I'm not trying to silence you. If there is fascism in the country, it is coming from the left. And you, you should not throw the word fascist around. Um, it's never really fit in the United States up until recently. Maybe in the last 15 years, we've started moving uh, towards that. First, we, I thought we were moving towards communism. But we're not moving towards communism. The difference between communism and fascism, communism is collective. So it's we're all in this together and the individual doesn't matter. We have to do what's right for the collective. But communism takes that a step further and says, therefore, the state shall own and run everything. And they'll tell you where you're going to work, what you're going to do, all of it. Fascism is different. Fascism allows the people to own their own property, own their own things with the illusion of running them. Okay? And so the state gets involved every step of the way. And this is why fascism eventually falls apart, because you start to get into price controls and everything else. And you start just telling these companies what they can and cannot make. And uh, the government can't central uh, centralized power never works. You can't have central command for, you know, some sort of capitalism, if you could even call that. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because. Yesterday, Janet Yellen was asked by um, uh, Ayanna Presley. She asked Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, if racism posed a threat to the American financial system. 
Well, yes, of course, said Secretary Yellen. Financial institutions perpetuate and benefit from ra- racism. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so Yellen said it could be and it is one of the factors that Dodd-Frank told us to take into account considering uh, designations. So what her point was, why Presley brought this up, was because is racism a problem that the Treasury is looking at? The Treasury should not be looking at racism. The Treasury should be looking at basic laws for finance. So Presley said there's a drugstore in Walgreens. And Walgreens in Roxbury, Massachusetts, they, they closed and they said it was because of crime. But that's life-threatening and it's based on racial discrimination and economic grounds. Okay? So what she's saying is Walgreens, even though they said they cannot uh, open their doors because they're robbed every day and no one can have business, Presley says the government should consider that uh, racism and therefore tell Walmart or Walgreens exactly what to do. I'm sorry, you're not closing down there. You have to keep it open. That's fascism, gang. That is fascism. One more story. The feds now want to card you to use the Internet. U.S. lawmakers' motivation for online ID and age verification and tech CEO support for these measures is a significant shift in privacy and your uh, anonymity online. What they're talking about now, and it was, you know, suggested first by Mark Zuckerberg. It would be great, wouldn't it? Uh, that they, you have to perform, you have to have a digital ID that will allow you on the Internet. So whenever you do that, now positively, absolutely, everything is monitored on what you do. You do have a, a right to privacy. You know, if everybody is tracking what you do, what you look at, AI can put together, uh, well, for instance, if you're looking up a bunch of different drugs, AI can put together and go, oh, he's making crack cocaine, or, oh, he's trying to find out where he can buy this to kill his wife and bury her in the backyard. And you'd say, that's good. But if you're in fascism, and you have giant overlords that are watching over you on everything, you can't come up with a better mousetrap. You can't have government watching your every move. This is fascistic. Again, the government in bed with big tech. All right, back to the podcast in just a second. Sadly, our economy has become dominated by businesses that cater to the woke mob. I love people who say we're fascist. If we're fascists, we want the government to co-opt the corporations. Uh, which side has done that? There is one company that is fighting the fight on our side. Uh, for the past 10 years, they have offered nationwide coverage with access to all three of the major networks, equipping you with the same coverage you've always had, but without sending your money to leftist causes. You like free speech, religious freedom, life, Second Amendment? then you should switch now to Patriot Mobile and send a loud message. Do you hear us now? 
Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Use the offer code Beck and you'll get free activation when you switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Back to the podcast. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Pat Gray joins me again for the vacationing Stuber Gear, who seems to be on some sort of... I don't know, French schedule or something, but uh, glad to have you here, Pat. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, so um, we're just, uh, I was just talking Pat off the ledge during the break. Um, he was, I mean, I thought, I thought, you know, if Putin was behind him, he could push him right out the window right now and Pat would be dead mm-hmm. because he was on the ledge I was. And, and saying there's no hope. Well, we were just watching uh, uh, Molly Hemingway. Speak about uh, the things in her book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Right. And here's here's what we were listening to for Blaze News at the top of the hour. Listen. Instead of having election administration that is rigorously nonpartisan and impartial under the law, we have allowed the (laughs) private takeover of government election offices by partisan oligarchs and their armies of activists who use those offices and their authorities to tilt the election toward favored candidates. Instead of voters being able to vote for the candidate of their choice, powerful interests backed by wealthy oligarchs are working to remove the most popular candidate and the ruling party's chief opponent from the ballot in a move reminiscent of Soviet Russia. And if that weren't enough, instead of the top candidates chosen by the people being able to fully engage in a vigorous campaign heading into an election, we have one side actively attempting to throw its opponent in prison and bankrupt his family. Mm-hmm. Again, reminiscent of Soviet Russia. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Pat wasn't feeling real optimistic after that. No. No, because what yeah. she said is is true. True. That, that is happening. Yeah, it is. It is happening. So. But here is the thing. First of all, it hasn't happened. If the uh, if the election is close, you can throw it um, one way or the other. You could throw it. If the election is, you know, five to ten points out, you can't throw that without being very, very obvious. Um, this is this. The, what we're looking at is an election. We don't even know if this is going to be the election. We don't know if Joe Biden... Mm-hmm. Uh, is even going to be the candidate. I think there's growing evidence that he's not. And the oral arguments that are being heard right now in the Supreme Court, in fact, can we bring this up? By altering the Constitution's qualifications for federal office. This is live in the Supreme Court. Is no different from a state residency law that requires members of Congress to inhabit the state prior to Election Day when the Constitution requires only that members of Congress inhabit the state that they represent when elected. In both situations, a state is accelerating the deadline to meet a constitutionally imposed qualification and is thereby violating the holding of term limits. And in this situation, a ruling from this court that affirms the decision below would not only violate term limits, but take away the votes of potentially tens of millions of Americans. I welcome okay, the so this questions. is the this is the uh, uh, president's attorney, you, uh, President Trump. Uh, you didn't uh, um, spend much time. Uh, Clarence Thomas's voice. With respect to whether or not Section Three is self-executing, so would you address that? And and in doing that, um, 
your argument is that it's not self-executing, but then in that case, what would the role of the state be? Uh, uh, or is it entirely up to Congress to implement uh, the disqualification uh, in Section 3? It is entirely up to Congress, Justice Thomas, and our argument goes beyond actually saying that Section 3 is non-self-executing. We need to say something more than that because a non-self-executing treaty or a non-self-executing constitutional provision normally can still be enforced by a state if it chooses to enact legislation. The holding of Griffin's case goes beyond even that by saying that a state is not allowed to implement or enforce Section 3 of the 14th Amendment unless and until Congress enacts implementing legislation allowing it to do so. So under Griffin's case, which we believe is correctly decided, the Anderson litigants disagree with us on that point, but if this court were to adhere to the holding of Griffin's case, there would not be any role for the states in enforcing Section 3 unless Congress were to enact a statute that gives them that authority. Counsel, um, okay. So let me explain what they're talking about. They're talking about, and by the way, I want to get back to Pat's hope. First of all, there's hope here. Um, Second of all, more importantly, I do know the one thing I know about God is that there is no waste in his uh, doings. Okay. There's nothing wasted. I wasted most of my life, but he took all the bad things that I did and turned them around on me to where it's actually helped me now that I'm on the right track. So there's no waste. Every loss is another uh, another step closer to his vision being executed. And you have to remember that because at the end, you'll look at this and go, how did that happen? How did that happen? Uh, and the answer will be God. Okay, now, Section 3. This is the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. No person shall uh, shall be a senator, representative of Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who has previously taken an oath as a member to Congress or as an officer in the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial offer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such a disability. So the Constitution says, if you have given aid and comfort or you've engaged in an insurrection, and they're saying that Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection. However, nowhere, nowhere in any law in the United States are you guilty until proven innocent. You have you can make the charge, but that doesn't make it true. And of all of the litigations, everything that is being filed in court, how many of them? 7,000 different court cases coming against him. Not one is charging him with insurrection. Not one. Or rebellion. Or giving aid and comfort. Not one. Why? Because they know they can't win that. So the argument, one of the arguments is the state can't say this. This, first of all, it, it has to be uh, charged. And then the Constitution says that if that's who he is, if that's what they did, then he can't serve. But Congress can vote to remove that should they care to. This was all because of the Civil War. Uh, this is an old timey law that has mm-hmm. never applied since the Civil War. 
Just want you to know. It was it was set up for the Confederacy. Yes. So they yes. wouldn't retake power in the United Correct. States. And Correct. and they're trying to use it against Donald Trump. A guy who they just throw out the word insurrection about, and then that's supposed to scare all the states to take him off the ballot. But it's not to scare the states. This is this is all coordinated. There, there's a billion dollars at least behind all of this stuff, and it's very well coordinated. They're they're trying to cause chaos. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. They're trying to challenge everything to make it impossible to be a supporter of Trump or to be Donald Trump or to ever want to be like Donald Trump and stand against the machine. They're trying to make it absolutely impossible and teach everyone we are going to tie you in court until you're either in jail, dead or broke. (coughs) But we'll break Mm -hmm. you. That's Mm -hmm. what the state is trying to do right now. And when I say the state... I actually mean the leftist organizations and the and Molly had it right. The oligarchs that that are part of this this cabal to change the way America works. And this is going to have far reaching ramifications. This is not good. Not good. That's why why the the Supreme Court needs to rule correctly on this uh, for a change. (laughs) I mean, it's been I know. It's been tough, even with the so-called conservative court. Uh, some of the decisions they've made are far from conservative. Right. So they're they're arguing now Trump should be removed from the ballot because mm. of his alleged role in recruiting, inciting, and encouraging a violent mob. Wow. Wow. Uh, then they told the Supreme Court in the brief, the president, former president fails to even acknowledge the most damning evidence against him. Take me into a court of law. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trump, his counter is officer of the United States. He did not engage in insurrection. Only Congress can enforce Section 3. That's what he was saying. Uh, just making that case a minute ago. The amendment, the amendment only prohibits holding office rather than appearing on the ballot. Uh, and that uh, the ruling violates uh, Colorado's election code. So. It says he can't serve. It doesn't say he can't run. Uh, No prosecutor has attempted to charge President Trump with insurrection under uh, the U.S. code in the three years since January 6, 2021. They don't think that that this is going to be the strongest case. I think it is, but I'm not an attorney. Um, But they think that it will be on uh, he the Section 3. The amendment only prohibits holding office, not running and being on a ballot. They think that that's the one that they're going to do because they want to make it very, very narrow so it doesn't affect anything but this case. Can we listen in a little bit more? It did away with it later, but... At- but, but that has nothing to say with respect to what Section this is Sotomayor. Can we get to the issue, which is, I think, a, one that I go back to that I started with, um, and, and very briefly, what sense does it say that states can't enforce Section 3 against their own officials. I mean, I I think logically those are two separate issues in my mind. Can states enforce the insurrection clause against their own office holders, or can they enforce it against uh, federal officials? 
or can they enforce it against the president? Those are all three different questions in my mind. And the, the answer to all three of those questions turns on whether this court agrees with the holding of Griffin's case. If Griffin's case is the proper enunciation of the law, then a state cannot do any of the things Your Honor suggested unless Congress gives it authority to do so. So a non-presidential decision so. that relies on policy doesn't look at the language, doesn't look at the history, doesn't analyze anything than the disruption that such a suit would bring, you want us to credit as presidential? Because Congress relied on Griffin's case when it enacted the Enforcement Act of 1870 and established... So, Mr. Mitchell, if I may interrupt, but just to clarify, I mean, this sounds like your reply brief, where it sounds like you're not making a constitutional argument. You're really making a statutory preemption argument. And is, right. that, is that what you're doing here? You're not saying that the Constitution this is Elena gives Kagan. you this rule. It's the kind of combination of Griffin's case plus the way Congress acted after Griffin's case yes. that gives you the rule? That's exactly right, Justice Kagan, because we have implementing legislation. Congress took up the invitation provided by Griffin's case and established writs of quo warranto in the 1870 Enforcement Act, later repealed them. The only enforcement legislation that's currently on the books is the Insurrection Criminal Statute, Section 2383. And when Congress made all of these decisions, the initial enactment of the Enforcement Act in 1870, the repeal of the quo warranto provisions in 1948, all of those were made with Griffin's case as the backdrop. The Please. Well, the understanding was that these congressionally established remedies would be exclusive of state court remedies. So there's not an express statement of preemption in these statutes, but there didn't need to be because Griffin's case provided the backdrop. And if I could just understand the argument a little bit better, suppose that we took all of that away. You know, su suppose there were no Griffin's case and there were no subsequent congressional enactment. What do you then think the rule would be? So in just as a matter of first principles without Griffin's case, it's a much harder argument for us to make because normally, I mean, every other provision of the 14th Amendment has been treated as self-executing. What we would argue in that hypothetical that Your Honor has suggested is that there are practical considerations unique to Section 3 that counsel in favor of a rule similar to what Chief Justice Chase spelled out in Griffin's case. And it goes to, I think, the policy concerns he talks about, where this was a case, Griffin's case So involved. they really seem to be pressing. Now, again, we've wow. heard the two liberal uh, judges, but they are, are pressing uh, the Trump uh, uh, lawyers quite hard. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I don't think I need to really do a long introduction, so I'm not going to. Actress, former MMA fighter, Gina Carano, how are you? I'm good. So, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, I have to tell you, I am, I am so glad to see that you are uh, standing up and fighting back against Disney uh, and Lucasfilm for what happened to you. Can, can you just describe quickly that whole scene? Um, well, quickly, <laughs> I know, I'm um, sorry. No, it's okay. I actually, it was really interesting because for the longest time, for the last couple of years, I was just, you know, just distraught, you know, trying to rebuild my life, running into all sorts of, um, you know, problems of trying to, you know, recreate my career. And finally, you know, I was like, you know, I had to just like give it to God and say, all right, you know, you've got me in life. I'm going to keep going and I have to let this go um, and give it to you. And, you know, whatever justice I get, um, 
you know, I know you're working behind the scenes for me. And then it was almost as soon as I did that, I got a um, email from a lawyer um, mm. that was hired by e, uh, Elon Musk and X to inquire about my case. And and then I was just so excited and I emailed him back like immediately. And, um, you know, we started going through all of, you know, I just educated them and I sent them everything I have to date and I have a lot more to send them. And they are, they're wonderful and they are just excited and they couldn't believe they were, they were kind of like dumbfounded about how, about how this happened. So, um, that's the quick version. <laughs> so you, I mean, you've worked with, uh, everybody, Michael Douglas, Fassbender, uh, uh, Channing Tatum, uh, Bill Paxton, Antonio Banderas, Robert De Niro, um, Ryan Reynolds. He, have you had any support from these people or are they afraid to come out or how would you describe oh. what you, oh, yeah. your um, friend circle? I mean, well, that's not my friends. <laughs> they're not my friends. They're, <laughs> your coworkers. They're definitely- they're incredible people that I've worked with. You know, I've never had a, an issue with anybody, with anyone whatsoever, um, you know, as far as actors go or crew goes, or for that matter, I've not just, I've just not had an issue on set ever. Um, I get along with everybody. Um, but yes, to answer your question, there has been many people who I have worked with and who I haven't worked with that I've run into um, not only just uh, very well-known actors, but also very well-known, very well-known producers, and actually people who are still working in Disney and Lucasfilm actively, you know, have you know they they all have shown so much support every single time I've seen wow. any of them. And they're and to to be very honest, I've not had one person from this industry come up to me and say, you know. Um, I deserved that. They're all saying the complete opposite. So it's just been kind of mind bending that uh, that Lucasfilm and Disney couldn't uh, couldn't see that as well. When when they contacted you, I assume they contacted you with this, or maybe they just said, "No, oh, it's it's over for other reasons." Um, but when you found out that you were being cut out of everything and your career was over because of a tweet that was exactly the same that your co-star uh, tweeted except toward the other side did you point that I mean, you had to have gone guys wait a minute hold it uh, i well, mean they didn't contact me this is uh this is very interesting and i think it just shows what the company was at the time a couple of years ago they they didn't even contact me to let me know they were letting me go they didn't contact me to let me know that um there was about to be paparazzi stalkers and people flooding outside my house. But I found all of that out just like everybody else did over the internet. Oh so my gosh. The fact that, you know, and it did, it was awful. It was, um, you know, I've been trying to put on a really brave face for the last couple of e- years, it's, but I mean, I cannot begin to even describe, I couldn't leave my house for seven days. I was being stalked. Um, I was being harassed. I was, they were coming up to my, I had to keep my, all my blinds closed and I had actually lost all hearing. I don't know. Uh, I, it's a very interesting random thing. I lost all of the hearing. As soon as I was canceled, my hearing like got clogged and I could is only it, hear like 5%. Is it, was, was that kind of like, uh, I mean, this is a horrible name for it, but hysterical blindness where you are in so much uh, trauma that, that like, is it, 
It really, yeah, it really felt like that. Like, it felt like, you know, either that or God just put earmuffs on me. <laughs> wow. And I just was like, you know, and so I really had to sit there in my head and I um, really had to sit there in my head and just go over things. And it was, it was quite, um, it was torturous until I finally was just like, okay, I just gave it to God. And, you know, um, I just, it's just, it was just such an intense time. And, you know, for them not to even warn me, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't live in a gated community. So I was mm. out there. Um, and, and that wasn't, you know, you think that somebody would have, you know, just call the me decent. and tell me, Hey, yeah. thank you for all your work and everything. And, uh, we're just no longer going to work with you. And then they put out the statement about the denigrating people off of their religious and cultural beliefs and being abhorrent. And I was just like, this is, I, I just, it was just at the worst time possible. They really kind of, you know, they definitely put my life in danger at that moment. So what do you hope happens with this lawsuit? I mean, well, I, I'd I hope... love to see the discovery on all of the emails going back yeah. and forth. That'll be nice. Yes. Yeah. I, I hope that, I hope that this makes a change. I hope that it, um, it makes a change in this industry and it makes a change in people's hearts. You know, what I, the post that I got fired for originally or what they said I got fired for was, was never supposed to be what they, the, the media and all of them twisted in, it into. It was supposed to be, you know, do not demonize your neighbor. Um, you know, we need to look at each other as human beings because I, the internet is one thing, but when you get outside and you get around people, there's so much love and there's so much, you know, it's not the internet. The internet is, is false. It's a, a lot of people hiding behind, you know, brave ideas and false accounts. And when you get, in, when you get to be around people, there is, you know, we all bleed, you know, red, we're all just kind of on this earth together. And so I hope that the outcome for this, this, um, this case is just to make, you know, everybody kind of be a, a truly truly uh inclusive in, um, industry in hollywood and make it that much difficult to do what what was happened to me to happen to the next person yeah you know it's uh, people i don't think people understand that you know it's happening to people like you and you know people all over the country who are in um visible uh places and i don't think people yeah. really understand if they do it to people like you why would they hesitate to do it to a nobody. Um, exactly. And that's, that, that's the scariest thing is they're not coming after the nobodies alone. They're coming after names like Elon Musk, who I think they're trying to do the same thing to. Oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely, um, when they try to smear him as anti-Semitic, I was like, uh, that's exactly what they did to me. They, they try to smear you as all of these key words, racist, racist, anti-Semitic, transphobe, and, you know, it's just any, it's really, they're just trying to, you know, squash down anybody who has, um, you know, the ability to reach people to just yeah, communicate. To tell them, yeah, let's communicate. Let's think, you know, critically, let's, mm -hmm. you know, not just listen to what the news is telling us. Um, and let's, you know, let's communicate with each other because we have to, because everything is, everything is owned now by people who want to just grab more control. It's really crazy. It is. I've never seen, especially with Disney, I've never seen such a wrecking ball taken, you know, to their own corporation 
uh, like Disney has taken the wrecking ball to everything that they own and everything that they touch. Uh, I mean, yeah, this it's is just truly a shame, horrible. right? It's tr- it's truly a shame because you just you, we we grew up with Disney, and and it doesn't seem like it would be that hard of a fix. You know, it doesn't seem like, hey, you know what? We messed up here. You know, they're so good at telling everybody how to apologize and get on their knees and say sorry. It's like you know, lead by example. In this case, it wouldn't be hard to be like to look at my case and say, hey, you know what? We did wrong there. Let's make it right, and you know. Um, and and then let's start reaching out to you know really inclusive like all all people. Um, it doesn't mean that they have to follow any type of political you know side. They could just really include and appreciate the fan base that they had um, that has just been completely betrayed by them. So I don't understand in those meetings how it's just not like you know what we did wrong. Let's face up to it. Let's do something right here and let's get. You know, let's get our, our, our you know, the, our conservative uh, viewers back. Um, right. It seems like it would just be a no-brainer. I don't know if they could at this point. I mean, once you've violated my family, I mean, beyond what they did to you, um, they, you know, they're, they're trying to uh, teach my children principles that I don't agree with at all. And they've lost that trust that parents had, oh, yeah. it's Disney, it's safe. It's not safe. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to take them a long time to recover that. And a good step right. forward would be to to uh, uh, to correct this with you and others that they have wronged. Um, so, right. you know, when this happened to you, know, nothing's nothing's, go, nothing's impossible, though. You know, like I know uh, if they if they keep going down this route, they're just going to be considered evil. Um, you know. I have a, a massive ball to, you know, rock to push back up a mountain to get back a career. But I'm not looking at that saying, OK, I'm at the bottom again. I'm not going to do it. You know, we have to constantly rebuild ourselves. And so do companies. So yeah. if they started now, you know, they could, you know, start pushing that rock back up instead of it just tumbling. It's just tumbling down the hill. Yeah. Well, you are going to be you are going to be um, you're going to be fine. In the end, especially since, you know, when this happened, we weren't really ready uh, as conservatives. And I don't want a bunch of conservative films or, you know, uh, right. films. Yeah. But I just want good films. You know what I mean? And and yeah. can we have them say decent things about society and and try to help us be better people? Um, exactly. But uh, if you look at the films now, Angel is really, I think, leading the way on this. Um, if you see some of the stuff that's coming, and I think we're right on the cusp. I started the Blaze, you know, before before Amazon and and uh, HBO were online, uh, we were doing digital streaming at the Blaze, and it was a nightmare. Now, twelve years later, things are happening to where there is a community. You give it another yeah. five years, and yeah. we're not going to have to worry about Hollywood. You know, and it, it really just breaks your heart. Um, you know, I, I feel like so many people have come before me and fought this battle and nobody was paying attention. So I really am honored to be in a position where people are paying attention right now and to give respect to those people that came before me, um, those actors and everybody that was trying to break down the barriers for so long. Um, you know, it breaks my heart that, you know, they didn't get justice. And so... Um, you know, 
Yeah, I'm. I feel pretty fortunate, you know, to be in the situation to help with that because yes, in five years, it's going to be even better, and I'm excited to have just been at the beginning of this, just how I was at the beginning of women's mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I get to be, the, you know, part of breaking ground here, and so I really hope this case is. Um, I hope I hope people pay attention to it and blow it out of the water and just make sure that. You know, we're going to make it easier for the next generation and the people, the younger people behind me. I have such great respect for you. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome here anytime. Um, best of luck Sarah. to you. You bet. Thank you so Bye-bye. much, Glenn. Right. You bet. Bye. Gina Carano.